Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. It's great to be here on a nice, sunshiny day. There's plenty of liquid sunshine out there. So I saw Pastor Moses walking in, and I was like, Moshi, it's like your name. You're being drawn out of the water. It's like there's so much water out there. But anyway, it's great to be here this morning. Um, appreciate you guys so much for coming out on Memorial Day weekend. It's a, a huge, huge um, weekend. Um, Anyway, so Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your love and your peace and your goodness and just your faithfulness to be with us and in us and, and that we know that you're always with us and always, always on the move, um, working, working for our good in all things. So we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, just speak through me in, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So... Um, when I grew up, Memorial Day weekend was like one of the things I looked forward to, and it, um, I think it's because my grandma and my mom and dad and them always instilled how important it was to remember, and so I remember going over to my great-grandma's, and, and um, <clears throat> like there's a few things I remember about going over there, it's because like they lived, my, my grandpa, they had to sell the farm, and they moved into town, and then they lived in one spot on a block, and then my great granny, she, well, my granny, she was my great grandma, she, we called her granny, she lived on the corner, and my grandpa would go over there and he'd plow and build a garden. So, like, they, never, they only went to the store for a few things, you know. And so they, they, um, they did all that stuff on their own and then canned everything. Go get me some beans, and you go get a jar, you know, uh, of beans or whatever from, from, from their closet. But I remember going over, walking down the alley, and I'd have to run cause if it was getting dark because I'd be scared, you know. And I'd run down the alley, and then I'd get there. But I remember when the rodeo came to town, and um, I'd sat there. I could only go like one or two nights. I, I, they wouldn't let me go all the nights because no one wanted to watch the rodeo all three nights. So I would sit there, and I'd listen. I could hear. I could see the lights from the from the rodeo arena and I could I'd sat there on her fence looking out at the this field that my grandpa had planted and and just listen to the to the rodeo and so it was a good memory I had but I also remember that every memorial day they made a big deal out of it and maybe they made a big deal out of it because I have have a lot of family that served in the military and so um my family goes all the way back, I actually have relatives who come across on the Mayflower. So, so um, like on the $100 bill, Benjamin Franklin, he's my uncle, like <laughs> legit. So like I'm still waiting for a piece of like, um, what do you call, call that when you get royalties or something? <laughs> like, like I should get that every time a $100 bill is passed out because like he, he's my uncle, you know. And, and, uh, and um, seeing a Disney movie called The Swamp Fox, there's this dude, his name is Francis Marion, who literally um, pretty much created the special forces for the United States where they would go into the trees and fight rather than setting out here. That was one of my family members. That was one of my uncles too. 
they, they decided, hey, you know what, let's fight from the swamps and not stick out there. And I'm like, that sounds like something I would think about. So it comes... So we've got family members that were all the way from, from soldiers to, to one of the first frogmen and, and Navy SEALs to, to um, people who worked in intelligence with the Air Force to, um, you know, supply sergeants in the Army. So we've got a, got a very um, military-type family. And so for me, it's real important for me to remember this holiday and to remember the people, but we didn't just remember the military. I remember we'd go out and they'd have the 21-gun salute. Uh, and like, this is a small town, a small community, but they would go and they would honor our veterans because we get to be free, but our freedom wasn't free. It cost someone something. And as I remember my granny, she lost one of her sons in World War II. And so um, there was a price that was paid for that freedom, and that was something that was ingrained in us from the very beginning. And so I'm thankful for that because it also helps equate into my faith because I have a freedom in Jesus, and that freedom in Jesus didn't come free. It came with a price, and it cost Jesus everything. It cost him his life so that I could be free. And so he said it's for freedom that he set us free. And so... I want to live in that freedom, not just, um, not just in this land, but that really encourages me when I think of the price that was paid is to fight for our freedom and fight for what, what was done for us because there's a heavy price that's been paid. But also, not just our freedom here, here on the outside, but our freedom that we get on the inside. And so I think it's real important for us to remember that um, today. Another thing I remember is it's a day where we celebrated and remembered and got to know that we come from somewhere because they would always take the flowers and we'd go to like four or five different cemeteries. When I was a kid, I was like, come on now, I want to go eat and swim. Because <laughs> like school would be out about May 20th or something, and then my cousins, all we go is called the Longdale Boat Docks, man. And, and um, so out at Canton Lake, and so we'd go out and we'd swim and have fun and just have a blast. And so I always look forward, not so much to the going to the grave sites, but I, there was a respect and an awe that I got because... Because they were showing us that we come from somewhere. And I think so much of the time we live in, in a time where, where like you grow up one place and you live like 3,000 miles away. Like that's, that's what I did. But still, we're connected to something somewhere, sometime, someplace. Like I was talking about being in the 3D world, right? We are. We're somewhere, sometime, someplace. Physically, but spiritually, we still live in, in a spiritual world, but it's important to connect with our roots. And it helps ground us and it helps keep us and lets us know that, that we have a big God, man. You think of all the people that we come from? Like we just look at our mom and dad, there's just two. Then you go to our grandma and grandpa, there's four. Then there's eight. Then there's 16. Then there's 32. Then there, like, keep adding that up, man. And, and the, this world's been around since Adam. It'll go, all, all goes back to Adam. Like, you count that. How many different people did you come from? So how, 
how, what are the chances that you come and were born and, and happen just like you are with the same kind of, uh, of genetics that you got to be born in that same place in that same family? What are the odds of that? Because there could have been a lot of things happen because there's all kinds of wars, there's all kinds of sicknesses, there's all kinds of... What, what are the odds that you were born when you were born? You go and look at it and you find that there's a divine purpose for your life. It's not, it's not an accident. You didn't just like, like oh, woohoo, I just happened to get lucky and be here. Think of all the things that it took for you to get here. And then you think that you are a miracle. And that's what Memorial Day reminds me of is, you know what, I'm a miracle. The fact that I'm here, the fact that I get to do what I get to do, the fact that I get to live how I get to live is a miracle. And so are you. You guys are precious. And it's not a coincidence. The Bible says, before the foundations of, of, of the earth, God thought of you. And he says, hey, this would be a great time to have Cindy here, or Jim here, or Millie here. And, and you have such value if we can just understand that. And, and that's one of my hearts is for us is for everyone when I when I stand behind is for Jesus to be exalted and lifted up because when he is we see who we are in him and that sets us free and allows us to remember now I've been talking about um, the children of Israel when they're going into um, the promised land and God takes them through the swollen Jordan River right and as he's taking them through the, the um, swollen Jordan River, he, he gets on the other side, and then he says, you know what, let's, let's get you circumcised. And so they, they circumcise their entire army in the middle, in the most vulnerable spot that they can be in with the enemy surrounding them in a river in the back. So there's no place to run. There's no place to go back to. All they can do to have victory is surrender to God and say, you know what, we're going to cut off the flesh and we're going to walk in the Spirit and we're going to go where you've called me to go. Not living out of what we think we can do, but living out of who we know you are in us. And when we can get to that conclusion, we're unstoppable. And there's nothing that we cannot do. So, so here, they're cutting the, cutting the flesh off and they're vulnerable and they're having to rest in God, and they're having to forget those things that are behind them, right? Because it doesn't matter. They can, they can remember the past, but like they're trapped now. Where, where are they going to go? What, what are they going to do? They have a new life and a new future and a new hope. And that's what we have in Jesus. We have a new life, a new future, a new hope, and that's who we are and where we are in Him. And it makes me think of our walk with Jesus, too. There's this dude in the Bible, his name's Paul. Have you ever heard of Paul? Like, I want to I read this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, says this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. Let me, let me go back up a little bit because I, I want to just read through the scripture just a bit and then we'll go to this. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to, to write the same things to you again. 
and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. He said, now, now what's he saying? He's saying, just like when they were, Joshua said, I want you to circumcise, and it was a flesh thing, but what happened was the people um, got into where they were just thinking, okay, well, if we just take care of the flesh, then the spirit will be all right. When really there, there's an objective and there's a subjective and, that, and our Bible's so deep. Like if we could understand, like even the letters, like when you go into the Hebrew and, and it says Bereshit bara, in the very first, in the beginning, God, like you see, see the bait, right? And the rest, they all have names. Like in the Hebrew, even they have pictorial names. Like, like you see, see bait is like a house. It's like a tent peg, right? That holds the tent together. And then you see, see rash, that's the head. And so you see Bereshit, bara, and then you see, what do you see? You see, see, see bait, rash, what is it? That's bar, that's sun. Then you see the next word, you know, bear, it starts with Bereshit, and then it goes to the next word, bar, and it starts with the Son, too. So everything starts with Jesus in this Word. And I could take you through some of that stuff, but I ain't got time this morning to go through all that, and I need a chalkboard or something. But it's really cool when you see how deep this Word goes, right? But he's saying, I don't want you to just look. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It's good for us to see the literal the literal history and, and stuff that happens, but it's also good to see that the Spirit is alive and He's talking through that. It happened to them, but it happened for us. It's something that we can take and apply to our lives now and learn from. And when we see that, it's so much deeper than what we think or, or, or feel. So he's, he's telling them, he's like, hey, you guys got it wrong. Like you see back here where they're cutting, off, cutting it off and now you're just thinking you can do it by the flesh and by your works, and that's exactly your. It's not. It's not a physical thing that you're cutting off. You got to cut off the. It's not physically something through works, but it's something that you do spiritually, putting aside the flesh and living out of your spirit. And that's real important when when we get it. And so, so Paul was really big on this, like, like um, and he and I'll continue on so we can see see why he he says this he sa- says though i myself has re- have reasons for such confidence so there's all these boxes you checked off and and whoever had like maybe they were more righteous you ever see that well i'm saved you know i've got the holy spirit living in me i do this and i do that and we check off these boxes and think that that makes us righteous where the truth is the only thing that made us righteous was the fact that we are covered by the blood of jesus Nothing else. That's the only equalizer. And guess what? He paid that for everybody. Those people that we think are rotten sinners that no one likes, he paid that debt. only thing they got to do is say, hey, I received that. You paid it. Hey, I'll take that. Right? So, so the Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. It's just by the grace of God that, that, that we have standing with God through, through his grace. But he created us to have fellowship with sons and daughters. And really, the problem's not with God. The problem was within our minds. Because we're like, you know what? 
I can never measure up. I can never be good enough. So God said, you know what? I'm going to help you out. I'm going to send my son, my only son, and he's going to give his life. And now we know there's a sacrifice for us. So that gives us peace in our heart. And it comes through Jesus and Jesus alone, right? So here Paul's saying, though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He said, I'm circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, before I go on, I'm going to, because of my Jewish friends who are watching, there's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being circumcised. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with, with um, you know, with giving and trusting God and, and that kind of stuff. What I'm saying is don't put confidence in your works, in the stuff you do, right? Because it's a shadow of what we really are in the Spirit. Does that make sense? So he says, if anyone else thinks he has reason, reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law. He's a Pharisee. So, um, so now there's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now the, Phar- the Pharisees believed in the resurrection and they had a lot of loopholes, right, um, to jump through to try to be righteous. But the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They believed when you died you died like there was nothing else right so really what they're saying is like you, you your spirit just exists for this short little little time and then you're done like it's not much different than atheism in some ways or a belief like some people who believe in god and it's like believing in god but then believing that hey i'm just here from the time i'm born until the time i die so it's basically all physical right and then if that was how i believe man I w- I'd be living it up, man. Hey, I got a time clock clicking. Let's get this party going, right? And so, so that kind of thinking never really, I never really understand it. Because I can't, I can't tell how I know, but I know in my heart that I'm a spirit. And as a spirit, we're going to live forever, right? And so, so you got the fairies, and that's why they call them Sadducees. That's why they're so sad, you see. Because they didn't think there was life after death. They didn't think there was hope beyond, right? And then, so, you, so here, Paul is a Pharisee. He's not just a Pharisee. He goes back all, way, all the way to studying with, with Gamiel, who is one of the greatest uh, um, rabbis of the time. His, his, his spiritual um, teaching lineage goes all the way back to, to them. And so, so there's two of them. There's Shammah and Gamiel, who were really famous in those days. And, and so... I think there's a lot to learn through, through all of them. But anyway, so this is where, where Paul's saying, he's like, he's like, I've circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, man. Not just circumcised, but circumcised on a circum, certain day. And he, he's like, that. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. You know what he's saying? I kept every loophole. He kept. I kept every law through legalism, p- 
perfectly, faultlessly. He knew every loophole. He knew every, every, every little crook, every little cranny. But they still knew that it was because of a sacrifice that they were, were saved. That's why they continued to worship with the temple. Like even back then, the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees, that's why they had Passover. That's why they had Shavuot. That's why they had Yom Kippur. That's why they had all the feasts and the pointed times of God. Because even in the legalistic righteousness, we still cannot save ourselves. So here, here it's really cool because he's saying, I was, I, I was persecuting Christians because they were off, man. They weren't doing what... Like, he didn't even just persecute. He was helping kill Christians. He was helping kill believers. Till what? Till God knocked him off his high horse, man. And God changed his life. And I can't think of anyone more qualified to... to um, to write the Gospels that he did than him. Like he's looking at it and saying, yeah, I was all this, but it doesn't matter. He's like, that's just dung to me. But when you look at it, he knew. He lived that. He had that, that knowledge. And so God done something in his heart that changed him from the inside out. And you can hear it in him. He's, he's like, it's not about my flesh and what I do no more. He, he's like, it's about who I am on the inside, that I, I am. He realized that he, he didn't go just from a great, great Jewish law keeper, but he went to being a son of the Most High God, right? The Bible says that we're a royal priesthood, a, holy, a chosen generation, right? And so what he's saying, he's like, you're kings and you're priests, right? We're sons of God. Now, to be a son in Hebrew means that, that when you get bar mitzvahed, you become a man. When you become a man, you're co-equal with the Father. So when Jesus, when they were saying, well, you're, I'm, the son of, I'm, a, I'm the son of God, they're like, whoa. That's why they were trying to kill him is because he was saying, I'm co-equal with my Father. And then he says this. He says, I and my Father are one. Now you kind of see why maybe they were wanting to kill him because he, he's like, hey, I'm co-equal with, with Elohim, with Yahweh, the creator of the universe. And here, here the, the, the people all around, they knew the law. There's really good people. Like these weren't rotten people that were just like, I'm just going to be re religious and just beat people up. And you know what? We've got Pharisees and Sadducees in churches today. We have, we, we have forms of godliness but lack the power Within, because the power power doesn't come from way off at the end of the universe or in another dimension in heaven, but it comes Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so you can do every right thing and not realize that your salvation comes from Jesus, and it's just dung, man. And so here's where Paul got got the clue. He he's like. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. It's like I got, he had everything. Like, listen, he, he didn't just have that on that side, but he is a Roman citizen too. He, he, had, had, he was a Jewish man with Roman citizenship 
in a time where it was very important to be both. And he said, I have it all, but I consider it all loss. You know what he's saying? All this physical stuff, all these physical things I did, all these titles, all these attributes I have, don't mean anything because I've seen Jesus. And that's what matters. I'm not saying it's not good to be blessed, and he's not even talking about material things necessarily, but he's talking about our works. What are we doing? How are we working? How are we thinking? Are we thinking that we're not good enough? Are we not thinking from a position of a son and a daughter of Christ? Well, I can't be a son of God. How can I be a son of God? Because Jesus and, and God are one. And you're so, like, like you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. He said him and the Father are one, but he says we are one in him, right? And then you go on and it goes, Jew and Gentile are one in Messiah, right? So that means that, that everybody... It, it has access to all of Abraham's blessings through Jesus, the Messiah. That's big news, man. And, and when we really get that on the inside, man, it, it will blow in ways that, great ways. It's like a volcano erupting that's just going to go, man, and it's just going to hit everything around us. And that's my passion. That's what I want to see. I want to see God. Christ in me, the hope of glory flowing out of me rather than me waiting for him to come come back before we see what he can do here on the earth. We can love people and we can help people and we can do things right here and right now, but we're not doing it because of our flesh. We're doing it out of the spirit. Does that make sense? So, but whatever for my profit I can now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything I lost, everything a loss compared to the surpassing, surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And then he says this, watch this. And to be found and to find him when I go to heaven. And to find him when I can do everything perfect. And to find him when I go to church on Sunday. No. And to be found in him. Where are you found? In him. That's your identity. You are sons and daughters of the Most High, and our identity is found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which is through faith, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. You know what he's saying? He's like, just believe me. Just trust in me. Just know that it's not about our works, but it's about my work. Just rest in it. Know that you're one in me and I'm one in you. Rest in me. Trust me. I've got this, man. There's, yeah, I like to say that a lot of times when things are going up. I'll tell people, I got this. And then it'll go bad. And it's like, I thought you had this. And I was like, I did have it. It just didn't go the way I wanted it to, you know. 
but I got this, all right? But God literally has got this, right? He's a king of the universe. And he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Listen to that. He's like, I want to know him. I want to know that I want to feel the power of his resurrection. Then he goes on and says this, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. Now watch this. He's not saying I want you to suffer right now. He's saying, I want to go back and I want to feel the power. I want to remember. I want to know that in Hebrew, there's a word that's called zakar. And, and it means like, and when we do Passover, you do, do the, really Passover is the biggest one because you go back and you remember. So you use a car, which means you literally, it's like you, you, as you're sitting back doing Passover, it's like you imagine or you remember that you're going through it right there as one of them. And now here, it's the same thing. We're, we're on Zakar Day. We're on Remember Day. And so now I can't think of a better thing to, to remember than remember the resurrection and to go back and say, I'm in him and he's in me. So, so man, I was dead and I had no hope. But Jesus come into my life and resurrection himself lived through me. You know what? Jesus died on that cross. But you know what? He didn't die on that cross for his sin. He died on that cross for my sin. So I got to share in those sufferings. So when I remember, I remember, yeah, that was me on that cross. That was my sins that were paid for. That that was my hope. And I'm going to share in that because I'm sharing in that in him. And now I'm also going to share in the resurrection. I am crucified with Christ. Do you guys hear that? I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Lives where? In me. In me. Christ, Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory. And he says, now, I, I'm, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know, I want to share in that man that wasn't just him. That was him that took the crown of thorns on his head. That was for me, the nails in his hand. That was for me, the nails in his feet. That was for me, his back marred. That was for me. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought him peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Receive it. Take it. Take share in knowing that you died on that cross with him. But don't forget, because he goes on, he says, I want to know the, the, the power of his resurrection. And it says, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. You know what? He's not just meaning like one day he's going to rise again. He's saying, I want to rise again from the inside out. Do you ever feel dead inside? Feel like you're hopeless? Feel like there's nothing? You're like, oh, I'm no good. I'm right. And I've done this. I don't know. I don't care what you've done or where you're at. The blood of Jesus and the cross was a great equalizer and he loves you. 
He loved you then, He loves you still. He always has and He always will. It's a sign on my, uh, a picture my wife has up down in our, our, one of our dens. He loves us so much that He gave His Son, His only Son, to die for us. I want to remember what He did. As we go to the graves, as we go Memorial Day thinking of all that happened and people are putting flowers on graves, there's someone I want to remember that died for us. He gave His life for us. His name is Yeshua. His name's Jesus, but I don't just want to remember like like the the dead's dead, man. Their body's dead, but their spirit lives on. Right? But Jesus rose again. There's no body in that grave. He rose again. And that's our hope. And he's like, and to somehow for us, if he rose again from the dead, we can rise in him because we're in him. We died with him and now we live with him in the power of his resurrection. And that's important. So now, to get to where I was going to all along. Yeah, it's about time, Pastor James. We're almost out of time. You gotta be gotta have us home by three. <laughs> we got two more hours, three more hours. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Till Memorial Day weekend, I want to encourage you. Remember Jesus and His finished work. Forget that's what's behind you. Let it go. Put that in that sharing and the suffering with Jesus and rise again with Him and let Him live in and through you in ways you never dreamed possible. And you'll have a life that is so abundant that you can't help but walk out Him in you. The hope of glory. And it's a hope for people around you too. Amen? So, Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for loving us and being there for us. And we just celebrate you this morning. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.